Back here on the Sports Drive, ESPN Pensacola, 1330 AM, 99.1 FM. I am joined by Brent Beard, college football analyst of, uh, with the First Coast News and also co-host of the SEC and Helping Podcast. Brent, how are you doing today? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> Safe? For, I, think, for now? I think everybody in the state of Florida can say that uh, at this point. We covet prayers and thoughts for everybody. Mm. Um, and certainly with this thing coming in the way it has and making its way up the state. But the, the great thing is sports is a wonderful distraction, uh, isn't it, Drew? So we're, uh, uh, we're happy to be able to talk about, uh, frankly, one of the bigger weekends in the SEC the whole year. Uh, yeah, we've got a lot of really good games, and we're going to dive into that here again. Brent Beard joining the program. Um, one thing I want to get to real quick, I guess one of these games, you know, Auburn and LSU, T.J. Finley not going to play. How much of an opportunity is this for Robbie Ashford? Not, not that he'll solidify himself as, uh, you know, QB1, but how important is it for him to have a good performance, maybe show what he's got a little bit more for a, an entire game for Brian Harson? That would help. It really would. I mean, he was 12 of 18 for 127 against Missouri, and that's not anything to – jump up and down about necessarily, but, uh, and listen, he was hurt at one point in that game, and they thought that they may have to go to uh, uh, their freshman quarterback or or put Tank Bigsby in a shotgun, uh, either one. Uh, but I, I, Finley's okay. I mean, I, I think he's a pretty average quarterback, frankly, all in all. But the other thing is he really doesn't have much help. Uh, I mean, think about this a minute. Auburn is one of the just three, three Division One teams without a touchdown from its wide receivers, and that's receiving or rushing. Mm. The other two are UAB and South Florida. So, wow. uh, and and now they've got a, another center hurt. Tate Johnson's out for the year, surgery on, on his elbow. So, uh, and that's the last thing they need because this is a good LSU team coming to Jordan Hare. Uh, yeah, it is, and that's one of the things I, I, everybody freaked out with, with the loss to Florida State. And, you know, Brian Kelly doesn't belong here, all that stuff, but he's he's quickly turned things things around, and I think you know he, he's gotten them to a point now where LSU are are three and one, only three wins away from being bowl eligible. They've got a tough stretch of games coming up, but how is the? I don't know if the narrative has necessarily changed uh, with him, but he was always going to be a good football coach. I, I feel like LSU fans would yeah. much gladly have, have had him, not not more than Billy Napier, but based on experience and being able to win games, I mean, Brian Kelly is the entire package. He is. He's a very good football coach. And, and again, they made enough mistakes to lose three or four games and still ended up uh, nearly winning that FSU game. To give credit to FSU for winning it. Sure, yeah. They're playing better. Um, uh, Jalen Daniels uh, is playing much better also um, at quarterback, so he could be a real threat for them, 24-29, 279 against New Mexico. Noah Kane, who is a transfer from Penn State, uh, uh, played well uh, in the game, and uh, they've also – been able to throw the ball to Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas along with Kayshawn Booty. So, <clears throat> no doubt, this is a very good LSU team that's rounding into form, and I think after the Auburn game will be 4-1. and one. Hey, I, I agree with you there. Now, again, not that those games are not great, but the two big ones are 
Number two, Alabama against top 20. Number 20, Arkansas. And then uh, Kentucky, number seven in the country, and Ole Miss at 14. Uh, both of them are, b- b- both of those games are great. But I want to transition real quick before we get to Arkansas and Alabama, Brent. UK and Ole Miss, two teams that not that they didn't, not that people weren't expecting these two to be where they're at, but how big of a game is it for both of those teams? And is it maybe bigger for one school more than the other? It's a gargantuan game, I think, for both of these teams. Um, I mean, even though the game's in Ole Miss, Kentucky, maybe because of Will Levis, uh, could be the better team. I mean, Levis is still playing well, 18-26-303 against Northern Illinois. Now, what is significant about this game is the return of Chris Rodriguez, yeah. uh, the Kentucky running back who's been suspended, who can go for 100 yards in any game. Boy, he'd be in game shape. We, we really don't know that. Now, what's odd, though, is you would think between these two uh, teams with Levis and either Luke Altmeyer or Jackson Dart that the passing game would be premier. Well, Ole Miss leads the league. This is hard to believe in rushing, yeah. uh, particularly with uh, Quinchon Jenkins and Zach Evans. Uh, so uh, that that's quite impressive. But the Ole Miss defense is playing better. They're number two in the league in run defense, Mm. um, which is a real credit to what Lane Kiffin has done. This is a hard game to call in a lot of ways. I'm I'm leaning toward uh, Kentucky in some ways, uh, frankly, because I know that Kentucky defense is good, uh, and those linebackers are some of the best anywhere uh, but th- there's no doubt that the, uh, whoever wins this game uh, is is going to be in very good shape, uh, at least for the for the here and the now. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned Chris Rodriguez coming in. I mean, Kentucky's only averaged 81 and a half rushing yards a game, so you bring a guy in who can be your bell cow and offset what Will Levis is able to do. And then also what you said about Lane Kiffin, I don't know if we ever would have thought, especially if you, if you go two years ago, hey, uh, in 2022 – Ole Miss is going to be averaging 280 yards on the ground and only 207 yeah. through the air. I, I'm not sure many people would have believed you. It's it's kind of crazy how Lane Kiffin's really adjusted the, the way that he's coached, and it shows that he's very dynamic in what he brings to the table for his team based on w- what he's got. Uh, they're very balanced, and they went after Zach Evans of TCU just for that reason uh, in order to uh, – uh, to bring in a difference maker, but this Quinchin Junkins has played uh, very well also. So, now look, the, it, the loser is not out of the race, maybe stretch the imagination, <clears throat> but it is uh, it is interesting in a lot of ways. I mean, this is a noon game. That This, mm. this is going to be one of the better noon games of anywhere coming up Saturday. Yeah, I would say it's one of the best of the entire season, at least to this point. You know, not too often do you have a noon game that's got two top fi- top 15 opponents uh, in this matchup. And I, I want to ask you about this, too. I don't know if you saw what Lane Kiffin had to say about the the lack or the crowd or lack thereof at some of their games. I mean, he had referenced that he's tried to, you know, make it known on social media. He'd like to have a good presence there. I mean, he even so he went as far as to call it almost a high school environment now. Obviously, you you have the Grove and, and the festivities that are tailgating at, at Ole Miss, but how much should, I guess, I, obviously, you know, the players take it into account. He tries to tell them that they don't need to worry about it, but how effective can 
not having a crowd when you're playing a game like this, not, not that they're not going to show up against Kentucky, but when you need your crowd to be there and give you that home field advantage, when you've got a head coach kind of criticizing and calling your environment a high school environment when it's an SEC school, I feel like that's a pretty big shot, actually. Well, what Ole Miss people need to understand is you don't need to lose Lane Kiffin a year too early uh, because he's frustrated with the fan base, uh, they they need to they need to deal with that, and they need to show yeah. up uh, in 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 droves and support them uh, because uh, yes, there there's no question about that. Uh, a uh, a lack of support uh, can really cause a coach to be looking ahead, go somewhere else. Most and again, as you said, that's not at all what I think. Almost, especially the university, but the fan base as well, and the and the alumni, uh, with him getting back to where they were not too long ago, with you know Hugh Freeze before all of that stuff went down with the NCAA and all that. But uh, Ole Miss are in a really good spot here, four and zero. Kentucky also four and zero. Really good matchup. The other one mentioned a little earlier, Alabama and Arkansas. Do you how much of a chance do you give Arkansas to pull this game off? They're playing it at home, and Alabama. Not that they are not worthy of being number two in the country, but they did struggle a little bit against Texas, and Arkansas may pose a little bit of a bigger threat. Well, uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I I think Bama wins a game, uh, but but I can see Arkansas taking this to the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, now, frankly, the uh, uh, I think the difference in the game is going to be uh, uh, can Arkansas get pressure on Bryce Young they are among the nation leaders in sacks, but for some odd reason, they're among the worst teams in the nation uh, in passing defense. So, if Bama can protect Bryce Young and he can get the ball to the receivers, that's going to make a big difference. Um, Catalan uh, was the um, uh, Arkansas player who uh, got hurt. He was out on the last year, out again this year. That's so unfortunate because he's a big-time player, uh, and they've had some more guys injured than just him there. But the, the reality is you've got to deal with K.J. Jefferson, who is a behemoth at quarterback, Rocket Sanders, who's one of the better running backs in the league, uh, and Jaden Hazelwood, uh, who transferred from Oklahoma. And don't forget Drew Sanders, who came over from Alabama. Right. And linebacker is playing as well as anybody is right now. So Arkansas has the personnel for giving Alabama and anybody else they play a lot of trouble. Absolutely. Uh, there's a couple things I want to get to more. Again, speaking with Brent Beard, a First Coast News College football analyst and co-host of the SEC and Helping Podcast. How impressive have you, uh, or how, imp- how impressed have you been with Hendon Hooker and Tennessee and their ability to get inside the top ten? Not only do that, but but look very, very good and formidable in the process. Well, I don't think you can't help but be impressed with uh, Hen and Hooker and, and uh, how well uh, that they have played. They had a big win over uh, Florida. Uh, Jabari Small, the running back, played real well. Uh, Brew McCoy is who's who I wanted to mention, the Southern Cal uh, transfer, mm-hmm. uh, played really well against Florida, too. Uh, uh, that that made a big difference, I think, in that game. Cedric Tillman did not play, and Tillman's phenomenal. Uh, he gave Alabama fits last year. So uh, Tennessee, 
uh, playing very good. Still not a championship defense uh, by any means, uh, but at the same time, uh, Tennessee is off after the Florida win. And I tell you what, I give Florida a lot of credit too, Drew. The Gators mm-hmm. are throwing the ball into the end zone to win the game on the last play. I mean, that's bad. That's really about all you can ask uh, in, in a game like that. Anthony Richardson made some plays we didn't think he was able to make, frankly. Uh, yeah. And they're still running the ball well. Uh, Florida is Montreal Johnson. Uh, and then ETN has been very good. Uh, also, Ventrell Miller, the linebacker for Florida, really has got to be on the field. He's been hurt, so that's going to be important for them, uh, too. But uh, Tennessee, uh, in a uh, with a week off, and then they go to Baton Rouge for L- – they've got LSU and Alabama back-to-back. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll know a whole lot more about where the balls are coming up. Yeah, yeah, we definitely will be. And Hennon Hooker is involved, you know, in this Heisman race. As of right now, of course, things can change, but he's been one of the top quarterbacks in the country. The final thing uh, I'll, I'll ask you, Brent, about is the the potential change to the calendar. And, you know, some people, and I, I talked about this a little bit when, when the news had first come out, that some people may, may look at that and say, oh, well, you know, that, that doesn't make too much of a difference. I mean, the game, all, all the games get moved up one week and, and week zero becomes week one. But how how big of a deal is this, not just for the regular season and the games, but also the transfer portal and signing day and all of the things that go into college sports and college football? Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, it really is. We're talking about starting the season. And look, they're going to have to do this because when you expand the playoffs, you've got to be more flexible the calendar. But they're going to start the season on week zero. Everybody is, and that that's coming. Uh, and what that means is that you will have your um, uh, your early signing period probably about five days earlier than you do now, the middle of December. Now, what I'm not exactly sure yet here is, are they going to keep championship Saturday on that same Saturday as um, uh, that they have been doing for Saturday in December, mm. that that will be very interesting. The playoff, the commissioners are meeting. They are meeting by Zoom. They've got a big meeting in October the 20th in Dallas. And, and some people feel that hopefully that they'll make a decision then. The presidents have basically told the commissioners they want it done and they want it started earlier than uh, than, than everybody thinks, instead of 25, 26, they want to get started in 23, 24, which the, the, the president told them, we're leaving too much money on the table, let's get this done. So that, that, that's what they're looking for, and, and yes, there will be some real changes to the schedule, and, and it would be worth having those changes to get the expanded playoff. What are the chances you think that they bring that expanded playoff into 2024 for that season or maybe even 2025? Do you think that's a possibility? I know that, you know, by 2026 is the is the phrase that's been used, but is there any chance that it comes maybe in 2024 or 2025? Oh, oh I think it may come in 23. Really? Uh, okay. Frankly, uh, and certainly by uh, 24, 
for I'm the same reason of it's money. Happened in 23, but but, but you know, listen. Here's the reality: of this I know there are a lot of things to figure out, but they're capable of doing this. I, I mean, there are way too many times that uh, that we make college football uh, similar to, to splitting the atom. Mm. Uh, it, but there are times it's, it's much easier than that. Get started with it, twink, tinker with it if you need to, as it goes along. But 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 no, I, I think I think well that and, and look, I, I'd be happy with twenty four. Just get it started and let's go and see what you need to do uh, with it a little bit later on. But uh, yes, the um, uh, get this announced this season and go from there. Well, and I think that that also is the good thing, Brent, is that we've got, of course, you know, the NCAA being involved in this, but the potential for the playoff committee to really take over having that governing body within the NCAA that's strictly football the way, you know, college basketball kind of has it, that may push along this deal to yeah. to, to get it done sooner rather than later, as you're saying. Yeah, yes. And, the, um, and look, here's another important thing here is – uh, whatever year the playoff starts, 23-24 uh, may, may very well be the same year, and I think it will be, that OU and Texas join the SEC. So uh, I don't think the SEC is going to start uh, uh, being involved with the playoff if you don't have Oklahoma and Texas involved. So, uh, uh, yes, I, I think that is uh, coming along uh, also. But these are the things, you know, they've got to figure out, what role do the bowls have? But but I'm I'm hoping that your top four seeds uh, will will in the first in their first round game or second round game whatever it's going to be will and uh, be in a situation where they will have a home game yes. because I think they uh, deserve it. Yes, uh, I'm I'm in full agreement with you. I love the on the on campus playoff games are are very very appealing. I think to. Uh, to, yes. to, to college football fans across the country. Well, Brent, appreciate the time as always. Uh, you stay safe, and uh, we'll be in touch here again soon. Take care, Drew. Thanks. Thank you so much. You do the same again. Brent Beard of First Coast News and also co-host of the SEC and Helping Podcast. More Sports Drive coming up next after the break on ESPN Pensacola. <laughs> 